It's Wednesday, May 15th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool 1, Jason Moser, and from Motley Fool Supernova, Matt Argersinger. Happy hump day, guys. Yeah. We're doing the hump day. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Can we get that as our outro music today? That would be good. Um, we're going to talk uh, Macy's, which just reported some earnings. We're going to talk LinkedIn and its new privacy policy, which is <laughs> awesome. Uh, but we are going to start with Google. There is a lot going on with Google today. The stock is over $900 a share for the first time ever. Uh, they are rolling out a new music service. We'll talk about that in a second. But I think it's fair to say that the headline of the day for Google is the fact that CEO Larry Page has disclosed he has been diagnosed with a vocal with vocal cord paralysis. Uh, it has weakened his voice, but it does not affect his day to day management of the company. And in fact, uh, when he wrote up a post and and put it on Google Plus, he joked about the fact that uh, Sergey Brin, his co founder at Google, um, had said, "Well, this actually makes him a better <laughs> CEO because now he has to choose his words more carefully." Uh, but all kidding aside, um, th- this is. Um, uh, Pretty, I would say, maybe not a, a serious health disclosure, but a significant health disclosure. What did you think when you first heard the news, Jason? Yeah, I, I think that you're, you're spot on there. It seems like it's a significant one. I mean, thankfully, it doesn't sound serious. But I think that's probably what most of us are wondering is what are the potential implications from this? I mean, is this not is this not something that maybe leads to something else down the road? I mean, I think we all hope it doesn't, obviously, but but does it? I don't think anyone really knows for sure, but uh, you know, it brings it brings the question up to the front of, of the of the line here in in how important leadership is uh, when we consider investments. And I think that with Google, for the most part, uh, we've always considered leadership there to be a tremendous asset, a tremendous positive uh, for the investment argument there, and and so. You know, he, he's done a very, very good job there as CEO. He obviously is a uh, head of a very innovative company. I just hope it's not something that leads to uh, more serious uh, problems down the road. Uh, yeah, Matt, along those lines, we we talk about CEOs all the time. And um, to my knowledge, I, I don't really remember a time where we spent a lot of time talking about Larry Page because Google as a brand is so strong, and maybe that's part of it. Uh, but to Jason's point, he has done a... a, a I'm not a Google shareholder, but if you are, I think you've got to feel really good about the job he has done as CEO. And obviously, he's 40 years old. He's a young guy. Right. I can say that because I'm older than him. Um, <laughs> it, you, you obviously want him in the CEO office for a long time to come. Sure do. I mean, he's. I think Google's up about 60% since he took over from Eric Schmidt a few years ago. And yeah, it, you know, Larry, it's, we've not talked about Larry, but we don't talk about him in the same way we talked about Steve Jobs when Steve Jobs started yeah. getting ill. And, and or those, even like a Jeff Bezos at Amazon or, or, you know, or, or even Elon the past, Musk. Bill Gates or Elon Musk. Yeah. I mean, so, but you, these, this is two guys who founded this company in a garage 15 years ago, uh, Larry Page, Sergey Brandon. So one of those guys goes down and, you know, when I read that, you know, it's not just affecting his vocal cords, it affects his breathing. Yep. Right. That kind of scares me as a, as a Google shareholder. Um, you know, I I think this is something to potentially watch. Uh, he's only forty years old, um, but I have to say, you know, Google did cross the nine hundred dollar mark today. Yeah, it's a three hundred billion dollar company, um, and I just I'm amazed by that only because there are only two companies bigger right now: Apple, uh, you know, over four hundred billion; Exxon Mobil, yeah, four hundred billion. This company started fifteen years ago. It's bigger. <laughs> it's bigger than GE. You know, 120 odd years old. Yeah. GE. It's bigger than Microsoft. Bigger than you know what Bill Gates built uh, for the past 40 years. 
is I ask you guys, is, is there in a bigger amount of wealth created in such a short period of time? I mean, I, you think about where they make no. their money. So, I mean, you know, 95% of their money comes from advertising. I mean, that's it, they, no. they get to make all these little bets along the way with these innovative products and things they add, you know, devices and whatnot. But, I mean, that's that's a lot of money to just come straight from advertising. The, they have obviously cracked the code there. Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think that – so when you look at something like a Google and you compare it to what, what Warren Buffett recently did with Berkshire Hathaway when he uh, revealed that he had prostate cancer, he was being treated for that. Mm-hmm. But we also have known for a long time that, that there's been sort of a succession plan in place there and they're sort of grooming leadership. Sure. They've done a great job of developing a culture at Berkshire Hathaway that we all uh, like and, and know. And, and so I think that on the one hand, Google has done a great job developing a culture at their company as well. I think that's what they're known for. For when you read about them in articles and, and just all of the things that go on at, at Google, uh, the, the one thing that comes to my mind, have you seen the meeting bike that they have? It's a bicycle that's like a table. And like eight people can sit around this thing and pedal around like you're on a bicycle, ride their bike around what? the block and have a meeting on this thing. I Google it, I promise. It's a meeting bicycle. No, so the thing actually moves. Yes, words, I mean, they have, a, they have a guy stationary. sitting there. It's a guy sitting there pedaling there are people steering and you're all sitting in a circle you're having a meeting as you pedal your bike around google campus and well, so it is just a you better make sure all eight people are on the same page about where you're going and is, how fast that's you're going. part of the deal though is that you're not sitting i may very well be looking the opposite direction of where we're headed so there's a trust factor there it all kind of leads to this greater sort of of team mentality that they have go the bottom line is i think they've just done a tremendous job at creating a culture there that will stand the test of time but we don't know a lot about a success Session plan there, whereas we do know a little bit more about it with Berkshire Hathaway. And Google, I don't think, is the kind of company that could just run itself. So I, I, I uh-huh. do think this is something it's worth keeping an eye on. I mean, thankfully, it doesn't sound like it's it's anything uh, terribly concerning. But, you know, he, yeah. he didn't reveal it for, for no reason. So. Right, right. And obviously, we, we wish him well and uh, and hope it does not turn into something more serious. Let's, let's move to, you know, barring this disclosure, would surely be the Google story that we would be spending the most amount of time on, and that is the fact that they're rolling out this new music service that is aimed at, I mean, it's aimed squarely at Spotify, isn't it? Sure, sure. By all, by all regards, I mean, and the only, I'm, I'm, I think Google can do this right. I mean, they certainly have the data. Is it a subscription thing? So I'm paying a, a set amount of money every month and I'm getting unlimited music, that right. sort of thing? That, it hasn't really come out yet, but I think apparently it's not going to be free. So you're going to be paying for this, yep. whatever it might be. They've got licensing deals with Universal, Sony, and, and Warner Music. My, my, my question here, though, is, you know, Google, Google's tried to do this before. Um, I mean, they've tried to, you know, sort of do something that someone else has done and try to do it better. Google Plus comes to mind. Um, Yahoo, Google Finance, Yahoo you, Finance. YouTube. YouTube, right. Well, they tried, well, they had Google Video they for a Google while. Video was, and they saw YouTube and they're like, oh, why don't we just buy that? They just buy it. And that's, that's <laughs> what I'm getting at is why, why don't they just go out and buy Pandora or buy Spotify, um, and just integrate it into their, their vast network and wow, bam. Instant, you know, instant success. That was my question initially. Was just the very, the very base question here: Why aren't they just acquiring this? Because to me, there is a switching cost implied. That if if I'm already ingrained in my Pandora universe and I have my channels and they know my preferences and what I like, well, there's a switching cost in in bringing me from Pandora over to a Google streaming service or Spotify to to Google. So I I just, you know, that was the first question I I have to ask. Why wouldn't they just buy it? And my my answer, I guess, they must feel like they have a better uh, a better offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may feel that maybe they feel like they can do this better. Maybe it's something that they feel like they can incorporate 
into their Google universe, which they, they are building out, and it's it's really nice. I mean, Google Now, Google Play, yep. Google Plus. I mean, that's all stuff that's really it's it's a sticky environment. and They're doing a great job with it. So that that was my that was my first question. And they certainly have the option somewhere down the line. If this, I mean, I, I yeah. think you're probably right that they feel like they can do this better. That even if they bought a Spotify or a Pandora, there would be a, a tremendous amount of integration that would need to take place. And maybe at the end of the day, they just feel like, look, if this doesn't work out, we'll just write them an enormous check. We'll buy them anyway. Yeah. Right. That'll be that. Right. Um, let's just close out on the stock real quick. It's over 900. Is it pricey? Is it, I mean, it's, it, is it, I can't is help it still feel. a good value? I mean, what do you think? I wouldn't call it a value. I mean, it's a company I think that you got, you have to buy in, in thirds and fourths and fifths. Uh, you know, don't just buy it all at once. But I can't help but think that a lot of this Apple money has gone over to Google. You sort of seen them, uh, sort of, sort of change, change positions there. So I do look at Google and think that, uh, it's very deserving of a rich multiple, but I think it's a little bit lofty even for my taste. I'd, I'd, I'd wait for something, uh, wait for a pullback. Macy's first quarter profit up 20%. Same store sales up th- almost 4%. Um, seemed like a pretty good quarter for Macy's. It was, yeah. I mean, it, it was a really good quarter. And if you look at uh, squ- sales per square foot over the last three years are up 13%, which I think is, uh, that's another great metric we've talked about. We talk about same store sales all the time, but sales per square foot can also give you a great, uh, a great sort of insight into, to how, how really profitable the operation is the sales per square foot up. Uh, the interesting thing, the thing there, I saw they were able to maintain their gross margin line uh, even when input costs were up over four percent. So you know that tells they us. Pull that off. Well, it just tells us that they're able to maintain a little bit of pricing, okay. and I think that's a big deal there. Where you see something like a J.C. Penney, the other side of the coin, where they have to just cut these fire sale deals to move stuff out of the door. Uh, Macy's done up. He's done. They've done a pretty good job of maintaining pricing, and their inventory levels are staying in check with their revenue. So uh, you know, up in the dividend, very nice. The the share count, uh, you know, whenever you see buybacks announced, the first thing I check is the balance sheet over time to see that the share count's actually coming down. Yep. And for Macy's, it is. It's down 9% over the last five years. So so there is some value being returned there. Uh, as far as retailers go, this is a pretty solid one. It seems like they've uh, they've also done a very good job of managing their footprint and not, you know, going after uh, – I guess there are multiple ways you can go after growth – but it seems like Macy has opted away from the strategy of, oh, we're, we're just going to try and open a whole lot of new stores. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, and not, you know, imploding your, 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 your image and your brand like JCPenney did <laughs> helps. Yeah. I mean, Macy's is just what it is. It's, you know, it's a place you can go, generally find discounted clothes for major brands. And that's what they've been for, for decades. And, uh, that, and they haven't gravitated away from that. And I, I'm glad Jason did bring up JCPenney because I've got to believe that a certain amount of traffic has left J.C. Penney and is now going to Macy's because they're essentially a, the same kind of store. You know, they 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 have that sort of hallmark uh, section of every mall, and you know, I'm, I'm guessing there's a lot of traffic that's been going over migrating over to Macy's. Shares of Macy's trading now at an all-time high. What do you think of the stock? Well, it is a very quality retailer. It certainly deserves uh, consideration over something like a J.C. Penney. But with that said. <laughs> the rising tide of this market has really made me a little bit apprehensive. I mean, this is when I become a little bit more uh, discriminatory and, and just trying to really keep a close eye on a lot of these companies to make sure the earnings quality is, is good and sustainable. So I'm not really in buying mode right now as much as I am just kind of a building a watch list mode. I, th- I think you I, pessimist. Uh, <laughs> Come on. 
I'm fully invested. Did as you see David Gardner's video the other day He's about inspiring. Macy's? No, well Macy's, but no, it's just you know, hey, markets at all the time high. Buy. I, I think that Macy's is certainly a, a a good retailer to have on your on your short list. That's a great ticker. I mean, come on, yeah. M. That is a great ticker. That's an underrated ticker. LinkedIn just issued a number of changes to its privacy poly, uh, policy and user agreement, um, informing its millions of members um, through a notice on the website. I noticed this the other day when I logged on to LinkedIn. And uh, like probably a lot of people, I just clicked the, yes, I've read this, even <laughs> though I hadn't actually read it. And now I'm wishing I had read it because um, – uh, buried amongst all of the legalese in the new privacy policy and user agreement was this uh, little gem, uh, LinkedIn saying, uh, sort of amongst the do's and don'ts, uh, saying now that uh, what you cannot do is, and I'm quoting here, even if it is illegal where, where you are located, <laughs> you may not create profiles or provide content that promotes escort services or prostitution. So, um, the first thing I thought when I saw that was, wait a minute, people in escort services and prostitution are using LinkedIn? Wasn't that just <laughs> Craigslist? I mean... But, but you know what? Hey, good for them. Why not? Why, you know, why not? Hey, it's the world's, world's oldest profession. I, yeah, I mean... I think they just have to... Maybe there's a negotiation to be had there. I mean, instead of endorsing someone for their prostitution skills. I mean, maybe just really strong people skills, right? <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Where So uh, so on LinkedIn, you can endorse people for having different skills. Um, and of course, that means that all of these different skills are tagged. And when certain skills are listed, off to the side is a box that, t- that says, here are related skills. <laughs> right, so, that's the best part. So, yeah. So, I clicked on, so uh, you know, if, if you're looking at the prostitution skill, among the related skills, extortion, racketeering, forgery, embezzlement, and shoplifting. Which, to your point, Matt, none of those are the oldest profession. I mean, this, you know, this is really the oldest profession. It is. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, this is, it's a funny story for, for obvious reasons, but again, it's, it's, it just shows you LinkedIn has such a powerful platform that it's it's drawing everyone. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised like you know mobsters haven't like put up shop and say, hey, hey, you need a hitman? Hey, I got I I, I kill him, I get away, you know, luckily split. I mean, it's just uh, it just it's just it's just it fun. makes me want to go onto LinkedIn and create a fake account for like a Tony Soprano and just <laughs> exactly. include some of these. I tell you, we we pay attention to engagement as a metric uh, for LinkedIn as we look at it from quarter to quarter, and with this announcement. I'll be just very fascinated to see if engagement takes a hit here next quarter. I, I have to say, this is this is yet another one of those examples where I would pay $50 or more. You could talk me into paying $100 in exchange for a video of the meeting at LinkedIn where this was discussed. That's right. Because oh, you, know, you know, if, this, if up until this policy change... It's been perfectly fine for escort services and prostitution services to be out there. You know that in that meeting, just as uh, we you said the other day, for every trade on Wall Street, there's a buyer and a seller. Oh, yeah. You know that in this meeting, for for however many people were saying, we've got to change this, we've got to get this off the side, there was at least one person oh, on yeah. the other side of the table saying, now wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> no, Let's in, not be hasty like, here, guys. In some parts yeah. of the country, this is legal. And Mr. Wiener, this is, could be this could be a $100 million <laughs> business. I mean, I'm just you know, making that up. The but, market opportunity is just breathtaking. Uh, <laughs> if anyone at LinkedIn can confirm 
the presence of such a meeting taking place. I don't need to see the video, but just just convince me that the meeting took place. If anyone from LinkedIn is listening, I would appreciate it. Drop an email to radio at fool.com. Jason Moser, Matt Argusinger. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.